Agotenera Shabbos, everyone. We're about to begin. Bezaz Hashem, uh, share number 98 in the Svarim of Zalakliskin. We're on, in a safer self confidence. And it's easier to feel self confident when you're in a positive state of mind. Your state of mind impacts your self confidence. And when you feel joyful and happy, you are more optimistic and feel better about yourself. And in a good state of mind, your self confidence will rise. And if you're in a negative emotional state, you're likely to feel less self-confident. And it's not that you suddenly become less knowledgeable or less skilled or less talented or less competent, but rather you're in a, when you're in a high mood, a better mood, your focus is much more positive than when you're in a low mood. So he brings down Shlomo Melech that provides a formula for feeling good and for feeling the opposite. In Mishlei, Perak Tesvav, Pasuk Tesvav. It says, Kol ani roim, All the days of the poor are bad, but v'toiv leiv mishtetamid. A person with a good mind, life is likened to constant parties. Leiv toiv mishtetamid. A good heart, he's like having a constant party. Vigdim Miller always used to teach. He used to translate leiv toiv, a good heart, to mean a good mind. And he elaborated that lave, which literally means heart, refers to the mind. And translates as well, the duties of the heart is really the duties of the mind because it talks about the importance of thought. Now, there are actually through literature, in, in especially in Hasidish Svarim and others, where lave and, 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 and moyach, heart and mind, are two separate things. But in this Pechena, he feels it's the same. And people who have mastered happiness and, and, and joy show this lesson. People who are constantly grateful for every single breath they take and feel that as, as while they are alive, they have opportunity to be joyful for the fact of being alive. And one can learn how to do this more frequently, and it takes practice, but with the focus of our minds, on the great experience of actually being alive and being joyful, that, that becomes a wonderful habit. And he refers to, which we mentioned many times, his o- old book from 1983, Gateway to Happiness, that talks a lot about this subject. It's not just a matter of reading about the book of happiness, but, but to really recognize that it's your thoughts and your mind that can create happiness for you. And when you realize this, you'll be more motivated to make it a habit to be more grateful and more appreciative of all the gifts HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us in the past, has given us in the past, and continues to give us in the present. He says this following, Repliskin. He says that any type of skill or talent that we want to practice and develop, we need 10,000 hours of that practice in order to gain the expertise and to become very proficient in it. So, but he says, it was Elpiskin, and it's true, most of us did not spend 10,000 hours mastering becoming grateful. Most people who have, haven't mastered happiness, it's because they didn't spend 10,000 hours practicing before deciding it's too hard for themselves to be happy. Just like any other thing, you want to play a music instrument, or whatever you want to do, you need 10,000 hours to become 
an expert at it, or at least very proficient at it. Same thing here. You need at least that amount of time to work towards being happy, to work towards being having gratitude. He has an interesting acronym, LSD, which is usually referring to a very illegal, mood-changing, not healthy substance. But LSD also stands for laughing, singing, and dancing. When you laugh, your brain produces a healthy chemical that puts you in a better state of mind. When you sing a joyful tune and dance, your brain produces chemicals that puts you in a positive state of mind. And the idea of being grateful for being in a positive state of mind and to train our mind, to think in better ways, to help us become in, in that better state of mind is something that we could all work on and something we could all develop, develop. And it's a process and we need to start learning to enjoy that process. Repliskin said that someone who was in a very low mood once told him, the reason I'm in such a low mood is because I lack self, self-confidence. And if I have more self-confidence, I would feel happier. And Rav Pliskin told him, you know, there is some truth to what you're saying, but it's much easier to feel self-confident when you're in a positive emotional state of mind. So when you review your thoughts and think about your thoughts when you were in the best emotional state, and think through that what were you grateful for? What were your great moments of joy? And how can you use your imagination to imagine greater things happening? And as a result, Pliskin was talking to him in that way, his mood lifted. And his feeling of self-confidence returned because he was awakening within him that those healthier, happier, more grateful thoughts. And that's a very, very important point to bring out. Key also for people that are especially highly sensitive people to love yourself. When you love yourself or and you love your life, it goes hand in hand. You have to look at messages that rob you of that self-love. We're not talking about narcissistic, ego-centered self-love, but the self-love that comes from a healthy place. So, for example, if you used to say, I'm too sensitive to be critical of yourself, you change that and you say um, I care deeply about things. It's a different perspective. Still you're a highly sensitive person. But it's because I care deeply about things. And, and I need to know how to handle it. But it comes from caring deeply. When you're kind to yourself, you will love yourself more. Kind to yourself doesn't mean you're denying reality. For example, if you have that sensitivity in you, you're not saying you're not sensitive. You're not denying reality. But instead of using it as a criticism against yourself, you're saying that it's really a positive. I care deeply about things. But therefore, I need to learn how to channel it. It's also very important to for self-esteem and personal growth to to connect with healthy people and to do your best to do so. The one point that's also very important that we touched upon in, in the previous shiurim is to how to shift to the positive mode of thinking is to move from the why to the what next. Kaheles, I'm going to paraphrase a pasuk in Kaheles, uh, that you shouldn't say why were the older days better than these? It's not wise to ask such questions. That's a paraphrasing Kaheles. Because what you do is, is when you're stuck from the past so much, and 
That is really the problem with many people that are stuck in therapy for years and years and years is because they never got through that question of the why. So it's very important for all of you to know that when you're involved in going for therapy, and part of it is getting stuff out of your system, whether it's previous traumas and previous hurts and, and, and to let it out and to bring it out and to deal with it is indeed an important part of therapy. But if it stays that way all along, it's not a healthy thing. If, you ther- if you've been in therapy for a bunch of months already, and some people even over a year and two years, and you're still just rehashing the past and, go- and going in the circles of the why, that's not a healthy therapy. There has to be a point in any given therapy is that, yes, we're dealing with the past, and you can grieve over it, and you can get it out of your system. But at some point, we need to focus on, okay, let's move forward from that. Now, what's next? And the why questions really, really keep get us in a, in a rut. And to switch from the why, which gets, gets you stuck and keeps you stuck in the past, to the what next, which is, I'm taking action now, and I'm planning for my future. That is the key to healthy um, healing and a growth of self-esteem. So you concentrate on what comes next in the mindset that you need to build on the lessons that you learned, and then you move forward. And that opportunity to change that those reasons and to, to, to affect it in a positive way. So I'll give some examples of this, of what I mean over here. So, for example, let's say you are uh, upset at yourself because, you know, you need to lose weight and you need to exercise and you, 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 you're just simply not really doing it. So you ask yourself, why am I so undisciplined with exercise? So that why question is constantly a, um, a revolving, like a hamster on a wheel type of thing. Why am I this? Why am I that? Instead of asking yourself 10 million times, why am I so undisciplined with exercise? You ask yourself differently. What next? What do I do now? What am I going to do today? And today I will create a fitness and exercise plan that I can stick to. And you start sticking to it today. Another example, a why question. Why does he act so rude to me? Why is he so mean to me? And instead of shifting from the why, you go to what next. When he's rude, I can let him know that I will not respond until he addresses me more respectfully. And when he's rude, I will call him out on it and be assertive and tell him I can't be treated like this anymore. Or, why don't people like me? And people really, that's one thing that a lot of people go in circles. People have low self-confidence. They always are worried about why people don't like them. And you have to ask yourself, forget about the why people don't like me. What now? What's next? And you shift it and you say, I will work on liking myself first. I'll work on liking myself first instead of worrying about what others think of me. And so on and so forth. The key behind all of this that helps self-esteem to get you out of that unhealthy loop is to follow a model of switching from the whys to the what next, or what do I do now? So for example, the, the case of the lack of discipline and exercise, or not watching your health that way, instead of the why, you say to yourself now, to be specific, I will commit to, let's say, walking regularly to get it back in shape. And then you measure it. How much will I walk? 
10,000 steps a day, four days a week, for example. Or And then you base it on action. I'll use the treadmill for half an hour. I'll park my car far end of the parking lots. I could walk more. Whatever it is. and But you're realistic also. Realistic means that I have to fit into my lifestyle. During the week, I can't walk as much because I'm working and everything and I'm very tired. I can only walk X amount. And some days, I have more time and I could extend that and I could work and I could do more exercise. So you basically um, connect the why I'm this and why I'm that and shifting it to an actual positive, healthy plan. And that's a very, very important concept to follow. A lot of this is just switching your self-talk that you talk to yourself. People constantly stress themselves out and then they lack confidence. For example, if you tell yourself always, I can't get through this. I won't be able to do this anymore. I can't survive this. And you shift that and say, no, I'm getting stronger every day. It is hard, but I'm going to take it, uh, you know, step by step, and I will be able to do this. This is the healing transformative moment when you switch from the why uh, to the what next. To remove yourself out of the victim mode to someone that could actually take positive action. And the same thing with, let's say, what we talked about before. If uh, someone, uh, something, some hurts from the past, you acknowledge it. That's healthy to acknowledge it. You don't bury it under the rug. But then you ask yourself, did I grow from those regrets? What lessons did I learn from these regrets? Don't let it constantly spin around in your head, but take the practical lesson from it. What have these experiences helped me in any way? How did these painful experiences help me have empathy for others? What do I need to do to move forward? And make an action plan. And here is the key. You make the action plan even with small baby steps. Those small baby steps are very powerful. Instead of just saying, why, 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 and this is it, and I give up, and there's nothing I can do about anything, and you're just spinning your wheels over and over and over again, you stop that. Even right on a piece of paper, you have this mentality. And now you say, now what's next? What am I going to do now? What is my plan for tomorrow? And you don't have to do anything that's superhuman, crazy, difficult. You start with those small baby steps. Those small things that you can do, that you will do. I will walk around the block. I didn't exercise for, 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 for weeks on end. I will walk around the block. I will walk two blocks and come back. You start with the baby steps. And then the next day, again, with more baby steps. So that is very, very, uh, a very powerful tool. And you'll learn to be mindful. You'll learn to live in the present. And you'll learn to take action in the present. So all of this will help greatly on a practical level, your self-esteem. So to review very briefly what we discussed in this year is number one is, is to realize that you, you have a mind, lave tive, is a good mind, according to the way Ravik de Mello teaches it. which is the duties of the heart, is really the duties of the mind. The whole Sefer is teaching you how to think. And it takes practice, and it takes work. But you can learn by putting in hours and hours of this, you'll become proficient in it. And you'll learn to be more self-confident. By LSD, in the healthy way, that's laughing, singing, dancing, being grateful, getting yourself in that positive state of mind. 
That is number one. Number two, how do you get yourself in that positive state of mind? From moving from the why to what next. To not constantly be on that spinning your wheels. Why this? Why that? Why this? Why that? Get that out of your system. And in therapy, sometimes you need to get that out of the system. But there's always a point where the therapist has to tell the person and the person has to tell themselves. You'll let go of those past hurts. It's okay. And we let you talk about it and you get it out of your system. But at some point they have to realize now we have to work on the present. And switch the why to the what next. Instead of asking yourself, why why am I so undisciplined with exercise? You say to yourself, what next? And you put in a baby step plan to start exercising. Why don't people like me? You throw that question away after a while and just say, let me work on liking myself, not worrying about what other people think of me. And be specific about the plan of action that you are taking. Be very specific. And it should be doable things, things that you could do. And you love yourself. And you're not harsh with yourself. But the same thing, time being honest with yourself. If you're a highly sensitive person and you're bashing yourself for it, don't bash yourself for it. I'm too sensitive. But rather, it's a gift. I care deeply about people and about things. And therefore, I need to um, protect myself by, by learning how to cope better with those deep feelings that I have. And to nurture yourself when you feel stressed and lack confidence, to switch the comments of I can't do it to I'm getting stronger every day, and to learn from your regrets. We talked about it last time, the positive aspects of using regrets the right way, to learn the lessons you learned, and to help you develop, develop empathy for others. It's okay to grieve. It's okay to mourn. It's okay to um, cry when you went through difficult things in the past and get it out of your system and, 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 and have someone with a listening ear um, hear all your problems and pour out your heart and also davening part your heart to Hashem. All important things to do. It's not to be taken lightly, but everyone has a time, all of us, where a good friend or anyone with encouragement that loves you very much will say, I do get it, and I'm sorry you went through this, but now you have to ask yourself, what next? What can I do now? How can I pick myself up? Let me do some tangible, healthy benefit right now of something that will transform me in my life. Taking those baby steps. Again, it doesn't have to be scary big steps, but every day you say, this is it. Enough of the regurgitating, enough of the going back on, on being in constant turmoil over my past with all the whys and all the regrets and, and, and all the thinking through all these scenarios that happened already, but you let it go, you take a brief, deep breath and say, now what am I going to do to change? What now? And take those baby steps and you will see how you will heal and you will grow from that experience. Have a wonderful Shabbos.